and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we are continuing our history of the Elixni. Uh, we had a blast doing all these histories, and this is this is the next one we're doing. Uh, so in the first couple of parts, we talked about their home world, how, how beautiful and lovely and peace-loving Reese was, uh, into the whirlwind, their version of the collapse and, uh, um, the, the, the darkness chasing, chasing them off this, out of their, out of their home world and into the long drift, uh, and then becoming outlaw pirates and, you know, law, law of survival won out over everything, uh, all the way into them coming into our into our solar system, into the soul system, and uh, their their first couple of um, major offenses uh, into human territory, the 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 last city, um, the big battles, you know, the the um, the Battle of Six Fronts, the um, I can't remember the name of them, the other one now. Myth. Twilight I'm drawing Gap. a blank. Twilight <laughs> Gap. There it is. It's because I hate that map in PvP. I'm I'm telling you right now. I in my head that place doesn't exist. I know it's super important, but in my head I'm like to hell with that place. I hate it. Uh, and then of course we covered uh, um, uh, the Reef Wars and Mara's intervention with the uh, House of Wolves and. God, that that I'm still pumped up from that battle. That was that that lore entry is th- probably one of my most my most recently read favorites. Uh, <laughs> the her her you know screaming, Starlight was my mother and the darkness was my father. Like I mean, just thinking of that just oh gets me pumped up. Mm-hmm. So today uh, we're gonna keep going with that uh, myth. Where are we starting? Yeah, so today uh, we are going to be starting off with a uh, the introduction of what is now a very well known character, but at the time, uh, you know, was was a nobody. Uh, that happened on the tail end uh, of the the Reef Wars. Now, timeline gets a little funky here, so we are going to be starting with. Uh, Sheer Ido coming across a particular elixir during the Reef Wars. Uh, we're reading it at the, you know, at our telling at the end of the Reef Wars, but technically this happened somewhere in the middle uh, because Sheer, you know, met her untimely end in whatever, you know, method that happened um, in the Hashtag midst of the Reef Wars. Most likely, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but so the, we're not exactly sure where this fits into things, but I wanted, because it's such a important character, I kind of wanted to separate it out from the Reef Forest proper. Um, so that's why we're reading it here. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Uh, we are going to be reading the uh, a chapter from the lore book, The Dreaming City, which came out with Forsaken. And the chapter is named... Misrax. And it goes like this. The vandal stoops as he exits the galliot. All of his arms are bound behind his back, so he cannot shield his eyes from the bright sun. A breeze stirs his cloak. There's a cliff behind him and lush gardens ahead. 
His jailer would not grant him the honor of a quick death, so she must intend to torture him. She thinks he will yield like the flesh lovers from house judgment. She is wrong. Whatever indignities she can muster are nothing compared to what he deserves. With his chin held high, he imagines shucking off his armor and laying all four of his arms in his captain's hands. His captain is his mother, and she will not dock him with a scythe. She will twist and tear his arms from his body like she is shucking a fine, fat crab for dinner, and he will be glad of the slow, sick cracks and crunches of his bones. He will be glad of the shame. Let him go limbless for the rest of his wasted life. Let the ether thirst shrivel him up like a fig. What do you think? His jailer asks in a language he cannot understand. She steps up beside him and claps a hand on his shoulder. He flinches. She is nearly as tall as he is, and for a creature with no claws, her grip is strong and sure. Together, they contemplate the gardens. It's all a bit much for my taste, she admits as he sneaks a furtive look at her. Her bow is unstrung. There is only one arrow in her quiver. She is stupid. He whirls, trips her, and sprints for the cliff. She swears, recovers, and lunges after him. As he pitches himself off the edge, he thinks of his mother's shame and prays that she forgets him. Better that she never had a son than a weakling so easily captured by the enemy. It is his bad luck that she catches his foot with one hand. His helmet slams into the rocky cliffside. A piece of his rebreather cracks off and disappears into the mist far below. He flails, but he cannot drag her down with him. Somehow, she hauls him in like a fish. As soon as she has him on solid ground, she binds his ankles with the string of her bow. All right, she says, catching her breath. All right. She chuckles, pats his shoulder fondly and then pulls him upright like a sack of pisaks. She takes a step back, brushing off her hands against the seat of her trousers. He glowers, the surliest sack this side of the great machine, hating her horrible squared-off teeth and her blunt, stubby fingers. Let's try this again, shall we? Drawing two fractal knives from the sheaves at her thighs, she makes a perfect Irelius bow before him. Thunderstruck, he sits up straight and stares. Not good? she asks and tries again. Furious confusion takes him. This is some kind of trick. Blasphemous mockery. Irsovex, he rumbles. She shakes her head. Nama. Sheathing one of her knives, she holds out her free hand with her fingers spread in supplication. He draws his chin towards his throat with this fresh betrayal, narrowing his secondary eyes. It speaks. Slowly, without breaking eye contact, she lays her other knife on the ground between them. The blade points toward her boots. He watches her every movement. 
How many secrets have the flesh lovers betrayed that this creature can make peace like a cringing dreck before his kel? She taps two fingers against her cuirass. Sure, she says slowly, and then points at him. Honor bound, even as he simmers in scandal, he replies. Misrax, velask si you risk. Mithrax, she repeats, and then grins. Velask, Mithrax, and welcome. Let's have a look about, shall we? And that's the end of that lore card. I I do love this one, and there's there's now obviously we we've we've talked about Mithrax um, before uh during the pirate era the the long the long bleh, not long the long drift. haul i keep wanting to call it the long <laughs> haul but and then i think of the because in my brain it's like the long drift oh the drifter oh he has the haul so it's got to be called the long haul i don't know why my brain works <laughs> like that but that's what it does so during the long drift we talked about mithrax and uh and his stepbrother, Rackus, the spider. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's 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 always been this thing about about Mithrax. And and this this entry at the very end of it is, is one of the first times um that it's that it's actually kind of really brought out in the in the open. Um he has two names, but not really. He is called Misrax, M-I-S-R-A-A-K-S. That is his true name. But for whatever reason, we, humans, guardians, whatever, English-speaking beings, uh, have always pronounced it Mithrax, M-I-T-H-R-A-X. Um, is that literally just a, a – I've, I've been wondering this for a while now. Is this literally just a mispronunciation of his name and he's just accepted it as like, a, like an endearing term? This is exactly what it is. I, that's that's his, all it is. Yep. They 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 heard you know, uh, sure presumably being the first one, heard his name you know in the way that his probably very broken, uh, yeah. Well, I guess he did. He probably he didn't know English or or any you know dialect that that was known in the soul system. He just knew Elixni, and so sure. the. The Elixni pronunciation of his name, you know, Misrax, I sure took and interpreted as Mithrax, and it is just stuck, stuck. ever since. <laughs> yeah. That's uh yeah, I I've I've always wanted to kind of like call that out and point that out, but it's it's literally just a mispronunciation of his name that he has two names. And he and I during the season of the plunder, there was a time there was one point where like spiders like poking a jab at him and he's like hey mithrax and he says it like this almost like yeah. this super like boston accent right like he's he's like trying to throw it at him and and mithrax just kind of he just kind of shrugs it off like you you know your place get back at it um but yeah, yeah. so this this entry obviously shirado has has captured him um and and he he's he's so convinced like he's not gonna have anything of it like he's he's not gonna be taken prisoner he's 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 pissed at himself for being caught and then the the first chance he gets he's like I'm out 
Um, and I, I, I do like this one. Her bow is unstrung. There's only one arrow in her quiver. My first thought when you read that was like, I only need one because it's sheer <laughs> yeah. and She's just a badass, right? Like that's, <laughs> but of course, Mithrax sees this as like, ah, she's dumb. Like she's, she's so dumb to not have her weapon ready. Like I'm out, you know, does a little flip kick and drops, drops her and jumps off the cliff cliff and he's he's literally diving to his death right there like he's, oh, yeah. he's jumping off of the dreaming city into the nothingness that is space he is full-on attempting suicide here because he in his mind in in his culture and remember knowing what we know about his time during the long drift and the way his mother ruled their catch oh yeah uh it, it was very much a um you know, with an iron fist. Like yep. if you if you didn't do what you were supposed to be doing, you were going to have retribution. And he sees being captured by the enemy as like the ultimate uh you know, shame yeah. within his his group. And um, you know, especially we gotta remember that uh Mithrax and his mother are both of the House of Wolves. They came from the House of Gentle Weavers, which turned into the House of Wolves. So they are the primary force at war with the Awoken right now. Um, so it is, you know, he is a prisoner of war, essentially. Absolutely. And and as as with any prisoner of war, obviously there's a interesting exchange going on here. And like when he grumbles this I, I don't even know what this word is. Like she she does obviously some sort of ceremonious uh elixir bow um to him and he's he's just like get the hell out of here. Where'd you learn that? Like and then so she tries she's like she tries again and then he's just pissed. Now he now he's like, now you're just making fun of me. Now this is this is bullshit. You've caught me, now you're just messing with me. And then he he mumbles something. I have no idea what this word is. It, it, it erosophics. I'm assuming he's cussing at her. I'm assuming he's cussing at her or something. And then she replies back in Elixni, mm-hmm. which is where he's just completely like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> um, and so I think that like like that it's like that little exchange there, like her. Her doing that Elixni bow into then replying to him in Elixni is this like weird space for him now. Like he doesn't know what to think of this. So when she, you know, taps on her chest and sheer, like she's like pointing at herself, sheer, and then points at him and and he's just like misrex. And and he he doesn't he doesn't even know like he's so he's it's so entrenched and honor bound in him that he now has to answer her because of this show mm-hmm. of whatever that he just he just kind of it, it almost like i i see it as him as it just like falling out of his mouth right like just misrex and he's and he's and now he's like where the fuck did that come from and so she's like okay mithrax well let's let's go have some fun now yeah and it, it's funny so um yeah this this seems to be some kind of customary like proper introduction to one another uh, yeah because she says her name is sheer and he responds you know misrax uh velosk and he tries to say her name back she reeks she reeks yep. uh 
And Velask, I'm thinking, means greetings or hello, because um, she says it back, then Velask me thrice. Yep. Uh, and I find it interesting that he feels honor-bound to respond to this gesture, because I think if it were his mother, she is, is so disgusted with the old ways of the Elixney people uh, by the point that the long oh, yeah. ends that I don't think she would feel the same necessity to respond. Cause this would, this would be a very old world Reese right. type thing. Right. Interesting. And so th- this tells me that like, you know, as much as he still is afraid, honestly, and wants to please his captain, his mother, he has more respect for the culture they came from than I think she does. Yeah. I, I think so. I definitely think that he, yeah, I, I, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, makes sense considering where he ends up and especially in the role of a, a splicer, which is a very, you know, old world kind of sacred tradition. But, uh, so, Mithrax has met Sheer Ido. Um, you know, as time goes on, forms a, a, a sense of camaraderie with her, uh, is no longer considered a prisoner, and is considered now a, a companion or compatriot. And we, uh, we see that in the lore entry for the exotic uh, gun truth the exotic rocket launcher that most people have probably forgotten exists uh and uh, we also see where another very uh recently reintroduced character um came from during this time period so the the lore card for truth goes like this smoke winds away from the battlefield in wavering scarves Corsairs and crows move through the wreckage in pairs, searching for their dead. When they find awoken survivors, they call for help. When they find a devil or a wolf, they call for a field medic and prison-grade restraints. A vandal watches all of this from the wings of a galliot, with his forearms folded around his knees. He knows battle, and so death does not disturb him. He was born of war made for it, shaped by it. And yet as he stares out at the charred bodies of his cousins, at the bent bodies of his new allies, Vel, Cher says, startling him. He peers down to find her on tiptoes, chin on the edge of the galliot's wing. She juts her thumb over her shoulder, indicating the battlefield. Paramo Quillum? He frowns. She frowns back at him, though she only has two eyes. Her stare is mother strong. The vandal sighs and lets go of his knees. Varisis, he grumbles as he slides off the galliot, skulking past her. Ha, ha, she replies humorously. He picks his way down to the worst of it and joins the search. Over the next hour, he finds a wolf that he half remembers from a distant relative's coming-of-age ceremony. Three devils who look at him with uncomprehending confusion and anger, and one crow 
irretrievably trapped beneath the fuselage of his ship. He is about to abandon a ruined devil's skiff when he hears a faint hiss from inside a ventilation shaft. He clambers up to peer into its grate and sees four weary eyes staring back at him. A hatchling, still soft and translucent with its egg molt. Carefully, he pries the grate open and beckons to her. Velosk Kelech, he murmurs. Nankamarak. She crawls into his palm, and his heart surges. That's the end of that card. Oh, I'm gonna cry on that one. <laughs> this is this is this is this is an emotional one. Like it starts off as just like this kind of like, yeah, battlefield. You know, kind of. I'm I'm assuming kind of like a, a a scuffle during the during the uh, the refors or something like that has yeah. happened, and they're kind of doing cleanup and stuff, and and she, you know she's shears over there like motioning towards battlefield like hey you, you want to come check it out and he's just like this is this is dumb i don't want to do this and and then you know he goes out and you know he, he you you find kind of like what you would expect to find a couple of a couple of guys that he's seen before and he's like yeah i think i remember these guys uh, you know some who have no idea who he is or, or why he's helping the enemy um and then of course a, a crow who's just he he's kind of screwed (laughs) he's stuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then this little hatchling this little this little smallin and and it he rescues this smallin and it just crawls into his arms and he just he's so happy i ah it's such a feel-good moment it is i like it it is and uh anyone familiar with Mithrax during the current season, I may correctly guess that this is the moment where Mithrax finds uh, Ido, who is now fashioned as his his daughter, his adopted daughter, uh, and yeah. is in fact named for his friend Sheer Ido. Yep. So this was the moment that that he found her. It's just it's so heartwarming. It's such a such a good moment. Okay. <laughs> it I'm is done. A good I'm moment. done gushing, I promise. <laughs> so with with that, you know, little little silver lining, little glimmer of hope to the Reef Wars, uh, and the Reef Wars coming to an end with the capture of Skolas and, and his forces. Uh, we are going to move ahead in the timeline a little bit. And real, real quick, before we do jump ahead, I did want to ask one last question. Uh, all of these, all these prisoners and and captured forces, they're all placed within the prison of elders, correct? Like this, yes. this is the time that that like the prison has been built. It's now being filled with all of these like Skolos. Uh, I can't think of any other high name ones right now off the top of my head, but I know we <laughs> we faced several of them in some D one strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, we faced them. Uh, escapees later on uh, uh, in in Forsaken, um, and then of course uh, uh, at this point, I, I think we talked about this uh, last episode, but uh, the one lone member that's left of House Judgment, uh, Varix, mm-hmm. is now fully allied with the Queen and is like her personal. I, what what would you call him? Her her uh, scribe. Advisor? I don't, 
I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably advisor to all things Elixni. Uh and he is uh now the the warden of the, the prison of elders. He he looks after the prisoners there. Um and that, that's not to say that all of the House of Wolves ended up in the prison, because there are some that pledged fealty to Mara, uh, you know, under Varix's suggestion and recognize her as the new Kel. And so, um, kind of, kind of like the ones we saw back in D one. Yep. In, mm-hmm. in that cutscene where, where like our guardian is like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing with these fallen? And, and she's like, this one doesn't know these are mine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that is a good point. So a lot of them are, are prisoners in the prison of elders, uh, during this time. And, uh, that that's particularly the house of wolves that took part in that refor the other three houses the other three major houses um kings devils and winter i uh, they all just got pushed back at the battle of twilight gap i was going to say completely decimated there very nearly getting a victory until the guardians kind of rallied and and pushed them back and uh, Spe- specifically Shax, I want that specifically to be known. Shax, Shax yes. and his screw you, Saladin. I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> it just he's like, I will per- per- persevere. I can just I can just see him like screaming at the other guardians, throw more grenades. Like it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. No, that's absolutely what was happening. <laughs> what do you mean you can't uh, concentrate when I'm yelling? <laughs> Yes, that. that. That is why they failed. <laughs> that is why the Elixney failed at Twilight Gap. So these houses, though, have taken major blows from their defeat at, uh, you know, Six Fronts, uh, from the Devils, you know, having lost at Six Fronts, and then all of the houses having lost it at Twilight Gap. And that was the major, the, the last major offensive from the fallen or elixney against the city uh after that point they were too fractured too too few in number uh and the you know the city and the guardians um had just built up over time to make it even more insurmountable of a of a place to try and assault and uh enter a lone ghost wandering around the ruins of the Cosmodrome on a particular road uh, next to a bunch of rusted-out cars who comes across the body of a, a previous citizen and decides that's the one. That's their guardian. VIP 2014. Heck yes. Uh, and they resurrect us the player guardian in destiny one and we play a very big part in what becomes of the houses after twilight gap oh, uh, yeah. throughout the courses uh throughout the course of of destiny one and it's it's various uh expansions so the very first thing that happens, uh, the House of Devils. So after Twilight Gap, 
the House of Devils uh, is being has lost their Kel and is being ruled by Rixus, who is the Devil's Archon. Uh, now, for those that may not remember, uh, the hierarchy essentially was that you had the Kel, you had the Barons, and uh, the Archon was uh, kind of in between the Baron and the Kel and was considered the religious leader. They were the ones that worked on and fixed servitors, which are necessary to uh, have ether, and the servitors are, are kind of seen as, as demigods in a, in a sense. I mean, without ether, the 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 elixir are kind of screwed. Just a <laughs> so, bit, yeah. yeah. I could I could definitely see why they're portrayed as essentially gods, like or or demigods. I guess would be the 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 more proper term. So Twilight Gap, um, House Devils lost their Kells, so they're being ruled by the Archon, the the religious leader that was kind of second in command to the Kell. Um, however. What House of Devils and this Archon were not expecting was that on what I have to think they assumed was going to be a fairly routine uh, scavenging trip of, oh, hey, we got a ping uh, for this working warp drive off in this you know desolate area of the Cosmodrome. We're going to run over there. We're going to scavenge this warp drive. We can bring it back to the catch. Maybe, you know, maybe that allows us to get some more, some more ships up in the air. This will be, this will be a good day. However, jokes on them. There was somebody (laughs) else also after that warp drive. Oh, VIP 2014. (laughs) That's, that's another, we keep referring to our guardian as VIP 2014 because in the Paladin logs, correct? Um, yeah, they they refer to different members as VIP, whatever VIP this VIP this like Savathun has a VIP number. Varix has a has a VIP number. I'm sure Mara does like all, all the big name people. And anytime they're talking about the player guardian, they always refer to us as VIP 2014 because Destiny 1 came out in 2014. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the hidden dossiers uh, that yep. that will. Uh, indicate those but so uh rixus the archon of the house of devils the leader of the house of devils is on this salvaging trip and as he crawls out of this tube this you know dilapidated drainage pipe into the this interior room where this uh jump ship is just kind of hanging you know still intact for the most part comes across a lone guardian with a barely functioning Kvostov auto rifle, 100% white gear. Looks like they just woke up because they did. And <laughs> wouldn't you know it, they die to him. That's got to that's be like a <laughs> kick in the... Like, how, how does the lead... How does an Archon, the leader of... I, I mean... Normally would not be in, in a Kel position, I would think, but yeah. essentially in a Kel position at this point, being the leader, just get decimated by this no-name, freshly resed guardian. Like, yeah, I mean, clearly we <laughs> needed that jump ship more than he did. So, yeah. There, there's a couple. If we really want to theorize here, there's a couple things. It could be we don't know that this was the like the 
that Rixus had been the Archon for a long time. He could have been newly appointed. He could have just been the strongest thing left in the House of Devils at the time. Or oh, the sure. only one that happens to be able to work on the Servitors. So, yeah, we we can hand wave away some of that. Plus, our Guardian is canonically really, really powerful compared to all the others yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Except, except for Ikora. Ikora is the only one that has this beat. Yeah, I think you could argue for a few. Ikora definitely being one of them. Um, but so needless to say, this, you know, House of Devils went from, you know, beaten but having leadership to now beaten and the, the highest form of leadership that they had just disappearing in an unexpected, you know, battle. And uh, the Vanguard also noticed this unique opportunity. And so after learning that the Archon has been defeated for the House of Devils, uh, the very first thing the Vanguard does is implement a strike team to go infiltrate the House of Devils base in the Cosmodrome to destroy their prime servitor, Sepix. I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah, this this fresh, this brand new dude just took out their their highest ranked guy. Like, let's finish the job. Exactly. <laughs> Especially House Devils, who have been kind of a thorn in the side of the city for a very long time. Um, sure. You know, they were the ones that attacked at six fronts. They were the ones that were uh, the strategic leaders for the the uh, Battle of Twilight Gap. You know, they they see this as a like, yeah, we can maybe wipe them off the board if we can if we can get rid of this. Yeah. So they send in a strike team, which uh that is what the Devil's Layer strike is, by the way. Uh in game. Very you first are, strike in D1. You are going in to remove Sepix Prime because they are vulnerable and it is in hopes that it will leave the House Devils fractured uh beyond repair. Um, and as, as we do in the strike, we are successful in that. We, we go in, we kick down the door, we, you know, kill some spider tanks and we take out Sepix. And now house devils no longer has a servitor or an archon to fix the servitor. And they are in a bad way. Canonically. That's, it's hard to separate that from gameplay because we know I mean, there's a GM right now, a Grandmaster right now to go <laughs> yeah. do Devil Slayer. So canonically, we have beat that once, and that was like the end, essentially the end of House of Devils, like the end for a while. That's that's a better way to put it. The end yeah. for a while for the house for House Devils, like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because video game, we also want to run strikes, so, right? Yeah. And we like loot, so. <laughs> But we don't stop yeah. there. Uh, the very next house on our list is a house that we actually have not talked about up until now because it didn't exist until the beginnings of D1. And this is called the House of Exile. And uh, as it sounds, this is a house essentially made up of misfits and exiled members of other houses. Uh, and it does not have a Kel that it follows. Um, this is more a band of fallen or Lixney that did not have anywhere else to go and are purely cooperating with each other out of necessity, out of survival. Okay. Um, 
The other thing that is interesting about House Exile is that they are positioned on the moon, on Luna. I think the only thing that isn't Hive on the moon, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there there aren't any other uh, fallen houses that have any official houses that have ever been on the moon in, in a major capacity like Exile is. And uh, their main goal is, you know, to try and steal relics from the Hive to bring themselves up, up in power. Sure. Uh, and the Guardian... Good old VIP 2014 uh, yeah. is on a mission during D1 to find the Shrine of Oryx on the moon. And in the process of that mission, the Guardian ends up in the midst of a battle between the House of Exile and the Hive. And uh, seeing the opportunity, the Guardian removes. Uh, the major players that that are in that skirmish of the House of Exile, uh, the most prominent being the House of Exile Baron Frigoris. I love I love your wording of that removes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we brutally murder. Uh, there we go. <laughs> That's the correct way to go about. No, uh, yeah, this. I mean. Kinda. So although we have not dealt the same kind of blow to House of Exile as we did to Devils, it was still a pretty big deal to have a, a Baron who, you know, kind of third in command on the hierarchy. Kel, which Absolutely. Exile doesn't have. Archon, and then the Barons. Um, so we've removed a Baron, and, and that's pretty significant for, for a small kind of misfit house like that. We're, we're just... We're just kicking people's faces in like not even like how how did yeah. we how did we the guardian not just completely eliminate all the fallen <laughs> like i mean we're just going around picking the biggest guy on the battlefield going i'm gonna kick his teeth in and then we go kick his teeth in and then he dies and then we're like all right who's next and they're and the next guy's like i've got the biggest teeth and they're like no you don't and they're dead now like i don't know how we didn't just I, like Honestly, that's that's what genuinely kind of amazes me. Like when we when you come into D one, uh, and 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 to think of the history that's happened up until this point, right? Up until this this little like skirmish onto the moon into House Exile, we've come across a few fallen in game in D one at this point, but it's it's literally been like twos and threes. Like it's it's like nothing. And to think that there are even anything left at this point from all of the major offensive just completely failing is kind of mind-boggling. Like, it, the Elixir are kind of resilient. Oh, they they are. Um, and we have to remember that not all elixni fall into the the major houses at this point in time like clearly there were still the pirate crews were still going yep. around for those that didn't join a house after the long drift um i assume there were groups of elixni that just didn't join a house period and and just you know tried to survive in whatever way they oh, could oh sure um but also these houses were really big uh you know the the millions or billions uh at least millions okay um because we have to think the the 
the fleet, the the military might of House of Wolves was calculated in the millions. You know, a million oh, that's plus. Right. That's uh, right. Presumably the other houses, you know, at least devils and winter and kings are probably similar. So, yeah. You know, complete speculation, but we're maybe looking at like 10 million fallen out there, you know, 10 million plus uh from those major houses at least at their at their prime. And uh even if that gets cut down, then we're we're let's say like half of them are lost. There's still five million roaming around, and if they are not making a big push anymore, then you know five million spread across a bunch of different areas could could stay under the radar. You know, some of them would be oh, able sure. to stay under the radar. Because well, and like in D one, like they were all over the Cosmodrome. They were all over. Uh, the moon. They were all over Venus. I wanted. Were there some on Mars, or am there, I making that yeah. up? No, there was. There was at a time. Whole, so I mean, we're talking the these. They they're just spread out everywhere. Yeah, and um, and say actually that that rolls us right into the very next house we're going to talk about, which is House Winter. Uh, okay. So after our our you know disassembling. Or, or at least uh, collapsing of House of Devils and our, you know, blow made against House of Exile, House of Winter is next on our list. And House of Winter, if you remember, were the the scientists. They were the more, you know, researchers and figure out how stuff works kind of uh, speciality. Um, and it would make sense that we find them on Venus in the Ishtar sink, trying to break into the Ishtar Academy archive. Like the, like the old, old, old world human stuff. Like, yes. Like golden Golden age Age Ishtar collective archive. Okay. Yep. So, uh, we have a mission that takes us down into the, into the archive and we discover that there are a fallen of the house of winter. there, trying to break in. And uh, we, you know, push them out of the archive. Um, we don't kill any major players, as far as I remember. I was, was going to say, did we find the next biggest teeth guy who <laughs> kick his teeth in Duke? There's, there seems to be a theme going on here with the original Destiny of just finding the biggest guy and kicking their teeth in. Yeah, in that particular story mission, I, I don't think he's any anything. In, it's a captain. I don't just a captain, maybe yeah. a baron, but not not like a Kel or an Archon or right, anything. Right, right. Um, but we we you know fight them out. We we push them out of the uh, out of the Ishtar Academy ruins. I. Uh, and after we do that, we receive word from the Vanguard that they have detected that the House of Winter Ketch has been seen on the surface of Venus near the Ishtar Sink. Um, so this was not just a little scout team. Like, their Ketch, their main mother big ship, big is ship. on Venus. And again, VIP 2014 doesn't want to waste a good opportunity. Oh hell no! <laughs> and uh, so that when the Vanguard organize a mission for the Guardian to raid the ship, they do it. They uh, us as as the Guardian go through Venus, and I I remember 
bits and pieces of of playing this mission and i remember it being such a cool uh set piece because you would you would come over kind of the hills of the ishtar sink and you'd be looking down into this area with with uh scattered fallen combatants and there is just this giant ship sitting there i think i remember this i don't know that people realize the size of a catch oh uh, yeah you know we're we're used to seeing the little drop ships but a catch is so much bigger well i mean a catch for size comparison or, or, or perspective when we're when you're this season when you're doing catch crash you're literally raiding a catch you, yes that's how big of a sh- i mean they have rooms in there that holds two spider tanks <laughs> yeah. like it, these things are huge. They're they're genuinely huge spaces. I mean, because because obviously you got to think like as far as like a fleet like that big catch would house everything. It would house all the little drop ships, all the spider tanks, all the everything. So yeah, it's those things are huge. And I I'm I, I'm trying to remember when exactly this particular mission that you're talking about happens. Is this during the D1 campaign or was this uh, one of the DLCs? This was during the the main D1 campaign. Okay. Okay. So it is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Perfect. So um, our, you know, our guardian goes through, cuts their way, you know, cuts their swath through the the, uh, kind of scouting groups that are outside the catch gathering up supplies and whatnot from the the nearby Ishtar ruins. fights their way to um you know to the catch fights their way to to board the catch and essentially single-handedly does a catch crash mission in a lot of ways uh house winter not as well equipped as some of the catches we come across uh in the catch crash stuff right now but um certainly lots of combatants and and ghost even makes a uh, a reference that uh saying that there must be thousands of fallen on this catch um you know we we beeline it straight for the 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 bridge you know for the seat of power but the indication is that this catch is is their home you know this is not just a ship this is also their their you know their main residence and uh aboard this catch are thousands maybe tens of thousands house winter uh elixir and uh they're all getting notice that one guardian has boarded the catch and is fighting their way to the bridge you you gotta think from like an elixir point of view like every single elixir on that ship is like this is one dude what's wrong with all of you people just go kill him <laughs> like and so I, I I almost feel like every single one there, like as they're hearing this guardian just make his way through their catch, like it's nothing, are thinking, what in the hell is going on? And so each one of them has got to be like, well, you know, maybe I'll be the guy to to end this. And all I can think of is like, as you're going through that mission, a little drag pops out and you're just like, pop, pop, and he's dead. And that one drag, his whole thought for that day was like, I'm going to be the guy to save the day. And he was not. Oh, yeah. No, that... Like every time a drag's trying to take us on, 
they know that if they kill a guardian, they are essentially guaranteed to become a vandal. They are guaranteed to double, if not triple their ether rations because it is seen as that much of an accomplishment. Yep. So just think every time that you've died to a dragon game, they've been promoted. Yep. Every time you die to a drag, they're the next vandal. You pop the head off. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not much of a promotion, I guess. Maybe a side grade, (laughs) but it's an interesting thought. So on one hand, yes, it, it seems like, you know, this ship of thousands would be like, okay, one guy, what's the big deal? On the other hand, remember that the Battle of Twilight Gap was multiple uh, walker tanks, probably millions of Elixni if their forces were equal to what the Wolves was bringing. And there were, I think, 20 named Guardians that held that wall. I'm sure there were other forces that were unnamed, you know, maybe civilians that manned the guns on the walls, uh, maybe other guardians that just didn't, didn't get as much fame and glory from it, but 20 or 30 guardians and a couple civilians fended off potentially millions, millions of a at twilight gap. Dude, that's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of mind blowing to be honest. Like, yeah. Yeah. So on one hand, like, it's a thousand verse one. What's the big deal? On the other hand, they've seen what a well-equipped yep. guardian can do to a lot more than a thousand Elixni. All right. So needless to say, our guardian uh, proves that that was not a one-off occurrence, does fight their way to the bridge of the ship, and is successful in killing Drakus the Winter Kel. Bam. So 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 we've killed so as far as us the guardian we've killed an archon a prime servitor a couple of barons a kel like we we are kind of badass a little bit a little bit uh we are certainly not the only factor but we are a pretty major factor as to why the fallen houses are in the state they're in at right now in game. Yeah. Um, we, we, the player guardian have played no small role in the disruption and extinction of some of these houses. Jesus. Maybe. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> I mean, it's tough, right? Like, you know, it's an invading force. Some of our gear has skulls on it. <laughs> I think we're the bad guys. To be fair, some of the guardian armor is literally bones of various <laughs> things they've killed. So <laughs> I, We might be the bad guys, man. <laughs> So our uh, our player guardian has stormed Winter Catch, has killed the Winter Kell. But House Winter is inventive. They're they're not going to go down just because their their main leader has gone down. Sure. Uh, they there are, you know, there are some some other options that they have. And so in an attempt to keep their house stabilized, House Winter reaches out to a houseless uh, Elixni 
um, who would would be considered a Kel in power, um, who is purely a mercenary named Tanix. Oh, and they hire my God. They hire Tanix uh, to break into the prison of elders and free a old house of wolves archon named Axor in hopes that Axor would then join house winter and become their new leader and therefore stabilize the, the power structure of the house. Is, is it, is this the beginning of, so, so we have, we have different things for different uh, races of destiny, right? If something is, is Vex related and we can't explain it, it's for some Vex reason. If something's hive related and we can't explain it or, or, or even awoken or anything like that, it's, fucking toland uh is is tanix the new is he the the elixir version of fucking toland is is it just fucking tanix now <laughs> is, that what's is this the beginning of that because you know how many times we fight and kill tanix oh i know i know <laughs> um okay so we but we don't quite meet tanix yet uh okay so what ends up happening is House Winter hires Tanix to break into the Prison of Elders and free this Archon, Axor, um, which he does successfully. He's able to free... Um, he doesn't necessarily break the Archon out, but he literally takes the whole jail cell with him, the whole like right. pod. That, the entire pod. Yeah, yep. that Axor is being kept in. Uh, and leaves it with the house of winter and essentially says, I've completed my contract. It's up to you to get him out of this thing and like, wake him up now. Sounds legit. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, you said you wanted him. You didn't say in what state. So here you go. (laughs) Didn't clarify. (laughs) So here he is. (laughs) However, a break into the prison of elders does not go unnoticed. No, it's a prison. Yeah. (laughs) The the vanguard are made aware of this prison break and they send a strike team to figure out what happened to this prisoner. Uh, we've got readings, you know, we've got indications that after the prison break, the, there was a ship that left with uh, telemetry towards Venus. So like go to Venus and figure out what, what the heck happened. And so strike team of guardians, uh, and this was a, a strike in destiny one, uh, arrives on Venus and fights their way through to, uh, to the Ishtar sink once again. And they arrive just in time to see Axor pop out of this prison of elders. I, re- I remember this one. Now, now I remember this one as a as a Taken King strike because he in the Taken King one he's a, it's a Taken kill and that one was right. hard. That was a hard nightfall. Like that was a genuinely oh, yes. hard one. Yeah, I, re- I remember this strike. Yep. So that that is that is what this strike was. So there was a Taken version um, later on, but that that Taken version isn't really canon in any way. I was other gonna say I think that's just a like a. Yeah, I I think it's like like the same reason why we have the the Devil's Lair in D two. It's because video game, and yeah. we wanted to to give you something for it. And so yeah, but yeah, I I remember that strike. That one was and 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 I remember the pod now. Yeah, the pod like he crawls out of the pod at the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we arrive just in time to see Axor crawl out of his Prison of Elders pod, and uh, and then 
you know, as, as any good equipped fire team will do, we proceed to kick his teeth in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Which accomplishes check the box. <laughs> yep, check the box. Which accomplishes removing an a previous House of Wolves archon from the chessboard, and now truly leaving leaving House of Winter leaderless and without direction. Is this is this the last we see of of House of Winter? Uh, I believe they pop up once or twice more. Um, later on. But this is de- this is the last we see of them during the D one campaign before the expansions. It's okay. assumed that the Devils and House Winter are big enough that even without a leader, like they still exist. There's just there's a power vacuum that now they're in fighting to try and fill. As as Zavala would put it, the fallen always find a way. They always <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah. But we're not done yet. Okay. <laughs> The next I, house. I, I was. I'm trying to keep track of all these houses and what's left and what's not left. And yep. I mean, it, it. We're really coming down to like there. There may be only like one or two houses left in all of Destiny. I'm again not thinking forward to Destiny two, but at this point in time, it seems like there really are like. I mean, Wolves is decimated. They, decimated captured imprisoned whatever like there's yep. nothing left of wolves winter now is is kellis devils is kellis like they're they're, they're not just kellis they're they're kellis they're barrenless they're they're arcanless they're servitor primeless like yeah th- there is no major leadership running any of these houses so we have what kings and kings i i think that's <laughs> the only major one left Kings is the only major one left, and that's the next one we're going to talk about. Okay. Um, so Kings actually does pretty well for themselves, all things considered, compared to the other houses, at least. Um, I mean, just having somebody alive and in charge, is, <laughs> this just seems to be par, is, is what we're shooting for. So the only major run-in that we have with the House of Kings during the D1 campaign is that actually while we're chasing the hive general Omnigal, uh, Omnigal, in an attempt to shake the guardian strike team that is is after her, uh, leads us through the House of Kings territory, and the House of Kings Baron um, Fiskin sees the you know doesn't see Omnigal. Or, or is not aware of not Omnigal, um, to, to this Baron, it's just some guardians, uh, you know, running into, uh, the, their territory and they try and defend themselves. So oh, sure. this King's Baron, um, attempts to, you know, defeat the guardians that are encroaching on, on their territory and, uh, they are not successful. They, they are, <laughs> I, they, I they are killed. Say, is it- is this a Guardians version of LOL what? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> that that is, but that's the only major interaction we have with House of Kings during... In all, in all um, of D1. During the D1 campaign, the original the campaign. campaign. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do, I do miss Omnigul. I, 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 that scream, that scream is it's so... iconic. I, I had that as as like my text message notification <laughs> for a while, 
and like if you if you heard it go off everyone was like what is wrong with you <laughs> but then those it. who knew knew and they were like oh shit <laughs> oh no where is it <laughs> where is it like that was that was another again this is me reminiscing a little bit that was another fantastic nightfall strike from from d1 that was just a yeah I mean that that was a genuinely hard one, but it was fun. It was yeah, that that room like we have something similar in D two with the with the Navota strike, but that room was literally half the size of what it is in D two. Like it was the smallest boss fight room I think in all of D one. I I I can't think of any room that was smaller, and it was just yeah. thousands and thousands of hive coming at you nonstop. Like there was never a point where you could like catch your breath. It was, oh God, that was a good one. Okay. So we've so, killed it. We, we've killed this lol what Baron um, <laughs> for house Kings for house. Kings. Uh, where does that lead us? So that's, that kind of concludes the major interactions between the guardian and the fallen houses during the D one campaign. The next right. uh, time that really we deal with the Fallen in, in a great capacity is going to be during the House of Wolves expansion for Destiny 1. Now... I, th- I thought these cats were dead. <laughs> House of Wolves um, had been you know imprisoned primarily in the Prison of Elders. And for reasons still not really understood, uh, Mara gifted Skolas to the the nine as some means of tribute or bribery or to to get something back from them we're not really sure I, it, what it the seems deal like such a was. weird it seems like such a weird transaction right like why like what what i well I, I guess I can kind of see why on the nines end, right? Like this is an alien force, like because the nine are central to the soul system. They they really don't right. know. I, I want to say don't know anything outside the soul system. Um, or at least I don't think they do. Uh, so to see this as an alien force and to have someone that communicates regularly with them have control of this of of an alien force, it it had to have been some means of study or something. That that's the only thing I can think of. I that makes the most sense to me as well. Is um especially if Mara believes the nine are responsible in some way for the fate of Sheer Ido, because remember, Sheer oh. you know, just died, quote unquote, during the Reef Wars. That's right. Um, so and all that was left was that strange coin. Yeah. Oh, that could have been some type. Ah, I, th- I think you're right. So this, I this think might there was some be, type of bargain there. Yeah, this might be a like, hey, I'll give you this specimen if you give me Sheer back or information about Sheer. Or she might have been trying to cut a deal in that way. Um, and for one reason or another, the nine didn't bite. They they essentially received Skolas and then <laughs> just let him go. And, <laughs> and I, I'm, like I'm looking at this from the point of view of the nine, and this thing shows up. And you're just like, nah, screw that, and just sent it back. <laughs> like, <laughs> return what? to sender. Like, what? <laughs> how messed up is that? Like, Skolos is just sitting here, just like, this is dumb. Why do? I, why am I a prisoner? Like this, this, and then appears before the nine and is like, holy shit, what is this? And the nine just <laughs> looking at him like, 
nah, I don't want it, and just send it back. And he's just, what do you mean you don't want it? I'm Skolos. I'm, I'm, I'm Skolos. And and Nine's just like, nah, nah, we're good. We're good. So Skolos takes his unexpected release from captivity and uses it to send a rally cry across the soul system to all the different houses. That's an important part too. Like the nine doesn't give him back to Mara. They literally just release him. Right. They just spit him back out. Yeah. He is free to do as, as he pleases. And what he does is, uh, is try to, to rally all the houses to, to his banner. And we actually see the message he sends out to all of the different houses uh, via the D1 grimoire called Ghost Fragment Fallen 3. And that message goes like this. Ask them our name. Ask your masters what they call you. Ask the hollow, the hateful, the awoken with alien dreams encrusted in them. Ask them our name. Fallen. They name us Fallen. Listen to me, wolfborn. Heed me, whirlwind scattered. I am the ghost of Sybil. The cunning claw of Eris, betrayed, chained, encrypted by the queen, and sent back from the darkness to save us all. The days of Kel and House end now. The calendar of slavery and abashment goes to the fire. We are a new calendar. We are an age of beginnings. Each of us is a day. I am the first, Kel of Kells. And I am the last, the dreg of dregs. I have conquered and been conquered. I am all of us, and all of us are I. In the shape of my life, I bind up all of us, all of our fury, all of our grief, all of the lives we have wasted against each other. Together we speak our new name. Remember the hope that brought us here. Remember the age before the whirlwind, when ether ran free, when we ruled ourselves and our futures as kings. We wanted more than glimmer and glints and hairloways. Always remember that we came to this star in hope, and remember that we were denied. Remember the city of the death of children, the city that docks which claimed for itself the great machine that might have saved us. Remember the city that even now sends its ghouls to murder our primes, starve our ether, and leave our young to die gasping. Curse that city and its name, because the curse is just. We gathered to take that city and save ourselves from extinction, saying to each other, we must be a storm, a whirlwind in and of ourselves, a darkness, for it's said that only pain may be stolen from the dark, and we can let no more be stolen from us. We gathered to fight against our twilight, king and devil and winter, all of us but us, the wolves. And why? What kept us from the gap? The reef. The queen. 
the slavers who played us against each other and docked us into subservience. These sly, sterile, unpeople, these mirages with cold minds twin to their own, these Kabadiris butchers that set us against each other. She played us. She made herself our Kel. And we were fools, O oh children of the whirlwind. We fought each other when we most needed unity. I fought my rivals when I should have fought the queen. But I remember now, my dregs, my captains, my kells, each of us is all of us, and I remember, we are a people of resilience. I am the kell of kells because I want what we have lost. I am the dreg of dregs because I remember that a dreg will grow back what is lost to him. Ask them my name. Ask them with the shock blade and the shrapnel launcher. Ask them with the skiff and the catch. Ask your masters by what right they master you. You who have been hardened by centuries of flight. You who inherit the whirlwind. Ask the queen for her throne. Ask them our name and let them answer. You are Skolas, Kell of Kells. You are fallen no more. And that's the end of his message. Dude, I just... Bull! <laughs> uh, I... I, I have I have several things to say about this entry. Yeah. Um the the first one is this is prophecy. This this is the prophecy prophesized by House of Oh God, which was House it? of Rain. House of Rain. Yep. They prophesized a Kell of Kell. And this is this is prophecy coming true. This is Skolas is now at this point in time, Skolas is he declaring himself Kell of Kells? Or is he like, or is he like, trying to rally up and and have everyone call him Kell of Kells? I think it's both, to be honest. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we don't know what the House of Rain prophecy is, word for word. I, uh, from from what we've understood, from what Varix has told us, their prophecy is essentially just that uh, a Kell will rise to bring unity amongst all the houses. And to we'll, to we'll be, be that Kel of Kel. Right, we'll be the Kel of Kells. And <clears throat> I don't know that we're seeing that prophecy being fulfilled necessarily, but we're seeing Skolas believing that yeah. he is the one to fulfill it and using that that kind of, you know, the Elixni version of an Arthurian legend uh, to I, try and rally everyone behind him to try to get so, everyone to recognize him as this grand leader and, and pledge to his cause. So it's interesting that you said Ar Ar Artharian, right? Like, I had a totally different person in mind when I thought of this entry and as I was listening to this entry and the, and the, the level of public speaking that was being <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a huge world war two history buff. I love, I, I love reading about that, that time period. And I've, I've studied a lot of it. This is very similar to, and, and even, even the, even the way it happens is very similar to Hitler. Hitler was imprisoned. While he was imprisoned, he saw that he said, "Okay, this is the way I need to lead the people." And da 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 da, and writes his book and all that stuff, and then comes to power. 
Skolas has a very similar way. He's he's fighting between it, it, all these different houses. He gets imprisoned after he after his time in prison, where Mara trades him off to the to the nine, and the nine's like, "Screw this, I don't want you." He comes out the other side of like, "Okay, let's rally up. Let's rally up. Let, you know." we shouldn't have been fighting each other. We should have been fighting the, the Mara. We should have been fighting this, like come to me, rally to me. Let's go take, take back what's ours type thing. We are fallen no more. Like it's, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, there's this like throughout that entire reading, I had this very like image of him, like giving this speech across like all the airwaves to all the elixir people of like rally to me. And, and again, because my because that's where my my brain goes and that's what that's the point of time that i i i've studied and and looked at a lot that's who i thought of in there and it's it's just it's it's interesting to see the similarities there that that are a rallying cry in the darkness of so many people coming from the same place and being lost and 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 having lost so many different battles at so many different points in time to finally have a voice in the dark to say okay this guy he's he he at least talks like he knows what he's doing let's go let's rally to let's rally to skolos let's 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 make him the kell of kells yeah no i i think the similarities are are worth you know are are worth talking about um the the Arthurian legend portion I I attribute only to this prophecy of there being you know a king of kings kind of thing. Um, okay, I, that that's okay. the only yeah. bit that I kind of see as as Arthurian and and in that there you know will be a great uniter that is benevolent and and will make everything better kind of thing. Um, but how Skolas goes about it and how Skolas is portrayed, uh, I I think you're you're pretty much on the money there. You know, he uh, a, a very a lot of similar patterns. And another thing is in his message, not only is he saying to rally and unite, but he's also giving them a very clear yeah. target for their aggression. Yeah. That's and I think that's where that's that's where I drew that similarity there. And it's like he's he's trying to get them to target a single thing and say, This is what it is. This is this is who we need to go after. And it's 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 spooky, right? Like it's 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 really is kind of spooky to see that coming from Skolos and to and to kind of think of it in in terms of, of human history and go, Okay, I I've seen how this plays out before and, and is this is bad yeah and and that's that's where i think of skolas as like he he is bad like he is just bad full stop there's no oh, yeah. there's no like he's bad because or he's bad but no it's skolas is bad full stop yeah and um you know his his rallying cry though it works he gets yeah. he gets people invested especially the mem- the former members of the house of wolves which up until this point were either imprisoned or a part of Mara's military. Like they had been yeah. assimilated into the military in some cases, even on the queen's guard in her throne room. And uh, it's very interesting to see because after this, this rally cry goes out, you, uh, you know, the, the next event would be technically what is the opening cutscene of the house of wolves in destiny one. And in yeah. that cutscene, 
Mara's Elixni Queensguard attempt to assassinate her while she's sitting on the throne. I mean, that's that's the play, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that that's. I mean, I can't think of a better play. Like you've got you've got. I I don't want to call them defectors yet because it. But I mean, in that assassination attempt, they are now defectors to Mara. Like it's it's almost like they're defectors both ways, right? Like in one sense, they're captured and are now kind of defectors of the Elixni to the Awoken now. And so now the the Awoken now they're they're treated as equals in the Awoken society. And now this assassination attempt happens, and now they are deserters or, or not deserters. Uh, um, but they they they're now no longer part of Mara's court. Right. Like now they're defectors, they're defectors of the Awoken now back to the Elixni. Like yes, the the the, the I don't want to say that all of House of Wolves seem like they're kind of opportunists, but they kind of do. They I I feel like they're very and and may, maybe it's maybe it's just all Elixni because of the whirlwind right because of the whirlwind and having to deal with a pirate's life and having to deal with survival of the fittest like every single one of them sees seems like an opportunist like they they wherever they can take their chances of we're going to get a win where we get a win we don't care how we do it that's what's happening now it it definitely seems like ever since they've made it to the soul system uh well maybe even before then because of the you know the long the long drift um the long haul. I keep wanting to say long <laughs> haul. Uh, the long drift uh, was was obviously way before they like. I mean, it was thousands of years before they got to the soul system during that time. But they they definitely. I feel like they are very much opportunists there. Oh yeah. No, I, I think that is that is a hundred percent accurate. Um, and we see a little conversation about this defection. Uh, in the D1 Grimoire card uh, called The Hunt for Skolas that uh, kind of uh, shows a little conversation uh, immediately after the defection of the House of Wolves uh, from uh, the Queen's Guard and, and elsewhere uh, between Mara and Petra and the only Elixni that has stayed loyal to Mara through this, Varix. And that yeah. little grimoire card uh, goes like this. Verex. My queen, my kel, it is Skolas, they say. Petra. That's impossible. My lady, I assured, you assured us all that Skolas would never be seen again. Mora, Has it been confirmed? What does it matter? They always fear him, dead or alive. If not this Skolas, then another Kel. It is why the Queen Breakers rise and the prison breached. No one will call you Kel when a true hare makes a claim. Petra, report to my brother for any intel from the crows. Varix, see to your channels. Find the one who calls himself Skolas. Yes, of course, my queen. Your grace, I will not relent until it is done. I know, that's why I've called you both back. 
And that's the end of that little lore card. Yeah. Skolas. <laughs> I, 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 every time Varric says it, like I, I, I remember going through the, the, the expansion. Um, and, and now I was a little late to the, to the destiny game. Uh, I, I started playing in Taken King. So, um, with Taken King came the, if you bought it, you, you got the two DLCs, uh, dark blow and, and, and house of wolves. And so like, I, I didn't realize at the time that they were like separate missions. And so like, I'm, I'm doing like a main storyline and then I do a house of wolves storyline. And then this thing happens. And then I do a taken King thing. And then I did, so I'm bouncing around <laughs> like crazy, but then like, I, I remember going back through it again and going, oh, okay, this is this storyline. This is this storyline. Let me play these individually. And I, and I just, I always remember Varix was your main point of contact throughout the, mm -hmm. that entire DLC. Um, he was like everywhere you went it was it was him telling you you know this 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 is the next pot of, this is the next place to chase down skolas this is the next place to go next place to go so i i always remember him his voice you know skolas blah blah yeah <laughs> yeah ferrix is a fun one um and he he and petra were the main points of contact for the the house of wolves uh dlc and they are the ones that are accompanying us over the comms for the various missions of that DLC. Um, so in, in response to, you know, learning that at the very least there's been an uprising, it's unconfirmed at this point for the, for the Awoken, if this is truly Skolas or someone just trying to enact his name for their advantage. Uh, but regardless, this is a problem that they, the queen decides they're not equipped to deal with on their own, or she does not want to risk her own resources unneededly. And she also knows that due to the events of the D1 main campaign, she is a guardian with that owes her a favor that she can call in. I was going to say there's, there's stuff there to, owe to, owe queen Mara favors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of a big deal <laughs> so the queen makes a proclamation she says open the reef and its treasury to the guardians in exchange for their assistance with hunting down skolos and the betrayers of the house of wolves and thus starts I mean, if, the campaign if if there's anything a vip 2014 can get called upon that's loot <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> you you tell us there's loot and something, we'll go we'll go farm the piss out of it. We don't care. <laughs> so the very first thing that the Guardian does is uh tracks the signal of this message to Venus. Uh and it's found there that Skolas has already negotiated with the house of winter the remnants of the house of winter on venus and has won their support so you know this is a house that is is presumably going to be allied with him and uh, assist him with his uh you know power claim to power essentially um and because now us the guardian have actually seen skolas at this point uh, we know that uh, it is in fact him. And yep. we see uh, a little bit of uh, that information conveyed in the uh, D1 Grimoire card called Akel Rising, 
um, where there's a conversation between Mara and Petra that goes like this. So it's no lie. It is, Skolas? Yes, my lady. A guardian got eyes on him in the Ishtar sink. I used ghost telemetry to confirm. Same pelt, same awful voice. We drove him from the winter's lair. How did he... And you would have me consider this a success? What of winter itself? Your report is unclear. You are correct, my lady. I would not call our mission a success. Skolas managed to win over, well, a substantial number of winter soldiers have taken up the wolf banner. He calls himself Kell of Kells now. Silence follows. We found him once. We can do it again. I have a plan in place. As soon as the Guardian returns, then go. Continue the hunt. Petra, you must not fail. I will not, my lady. That's the end of that grimoire. Yeah, hunt him down. Captured him once. What's how how hard can it be to get him a second time? Yeah. And we and we got VIP 2014 on our hands. <laughs> this should be a this should be a cakewalk. But so Skolas, when he's going around to these houses, he's not just saying, "Okay, House of Winter is going to have a pact with House of Wolves." He is saying abandon your house and take up my banner as a new wolf literally absorbing them into his house like it's it it, it's interesting to think of the the idea of a kell of kells right like the kell is the house of he's like everything he's the leader he's the military thing he's the politician he's he's everything he's the he's the family man like he is literally everything for every single uh, elixir underneath him and to think of a Kell of Kells, like that would be like the ultimate Elixney, right? Like he he is ev- he is the the he's concerned about the well being of every single Elixney. He's concerned about the 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 rights, the the protection, the everything, everything for every single Elixney under a single Elixney is is kind of mind blowing. And for him for him to just declare himself that. And and like it, it's interesting to hear him declare himself that, and then for the queen and Petra to just kind of be like, oh, well, he's calling himself Kellakel now. Who cares? Whatever. Like they're very, I, I, it's, it's almost like they don't see the the. I I don't want to say they don't see the the drasticness in this or or the the severity of this, but it's they they do feel I I feel like they're very nonchalant about. It. They're like, well, we'll just capture him again. No big deal. Well, I don't think that they understand the the gravity of the prophecy behind that title. You know, they might just see it as someone, you know, making a vie for power. They they might not oh, sure. understand sure. what all that actually means if, you know, if what he's stating is true to to the Elixney. Uh, okay. And I think there's a good amount of evidence to suggest as we'll see here, uh, that even Skolas doesn't, he believes it, but he doesn't believe it blindly. Uh, so what I mean by that, with the House of Winters, which he was successful in converting a large number of them over to House of Wolves, 
we got to remember House of Winter after VIP 2014 was left without a Kel and without an Archon, essentially leaderless. So for Skolas to come in and present himself as a new leader, if nothing else, was probably very appetizing just to have stability, just to have a a consistent source of, you know, direction. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the case for all the houses. Uh, and we, we'll see that, um, Skolas doesn't take the same approach with all of the houses either. I, uh, Skolas identifies the house of devils as actually having formed a, a new shaky leadership and the devils and the wolves, I don't think really get along. Oh, and so rather than try to go himself and negotiate with the House of Devils, Skolas instead sends the Silent Fang, which were his assassin force from the Reef War. He sends the Silent Fang to assassinate the leadership of the House of Devils in order to, after they're gone, come in and you know, use that power vacuum to his advantage. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I don't want to point out similarities again, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. somebody during yeah. World War II or the pre-World War II did the same thing to take power. So we see this as the Guardian, um, you know, Petra and Variks learn about this plot to uh, you know, decapitate House Devils so that he can take it over. Uh, and Petra is very familiar with the Silent Fang via oh, yeah. fights during the, the Reef Wars. Um, and it was, I believe it was the leader of the Silent Fang that raised Amethyst, which killed her sister. Yep. Um, so she's got a vested interest in seeing the Silent Fang not succeed. Uh, so she and Varix advise the guardian to, uh, go to the house of devils and somewhat surprisingly offer them a certain amount of protection. Uh, it's not necessarily that we come down and go to the devils like, Hey, we're going to fight on your side for the next like two hours and then we're leaving and we're enemies again. (laughs) It's a case of. I, I, I do like that idea, though. Yeah. Like, we're just gonna we're, we're, we'll be here for ten minutes, uh, just to make sure you don't die, and then yep. we'll come back and kill you later. But instead, it's a case of the the House of Devils knows Skolas is coming after them, and they have actually booby trapped all of their strongholds, like just all over the place mines and the the laser bomb you know the the tripwire bombs and all over the place during this mission and um as you're going through you're essentially in a race between you and the silent fang to see who can reach the you know who can reach if if we can reach the silent fang before they reach the devils uh and thankfully the guardian is successful in doing so. We eliminate the silent fang. 
in the process protecting the House of Devils because we don't want them to be unstable. We don't want them to be in a, a position where Skolas can swoop in and, and you know, add them to his, his house. Uh, and so in a weird way, we defended Devils to prevent a greater, you know, a greater threat. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a way to look at it. <laughs> so, Skolas continues his plans, though. So he understands, okay, House of Devils didn't work out. Rather than try and go for them again, he's going to move on to another house. And this time, he moves on to the House of Kings. And Kings, he doesn't have the same uh, rocky relationship with. So he decides instead, let's send an emissary to the House of Kings and try and, you know, talk to them and get them to join that way. But Skolas isn't going to go himself. Like I said, he's going to send an emissary. Sure. And so our, our guardian, uh, again, this, this is learned, this meeting is learned of by uh, Petra and Varix, and they direct us to go to the king's territory in the Cosmodrome, I believe. Um, <clears throat> we fight through the king's stronghold and kind of bust the door down on what is a meeting between uh, two of the House of King barons and a baron of the House of Wolves. Uh, I remember this fight, too. You mm-hmm. literally, you, you come into this room, and there's three big old captains at a table, and and you, you kick their teeth in. Yep. <laughs> we do what we do best. Uh, we leave no that one That was standing. a hard one on heroic. That was a, because gen- that room, that's another, like, small yeah. room fight there where, like, it's, there's not really a lot of places to go, and there's just constantly enemies spawning. Like, I remember this room. I remember that fight. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Okay. So we, uh, you know, we get in there and we decide that the best way to, to handle the situation is to just leave no one standing. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Guardian is successful in killing both of the Barons of the House of Kings as well as the Baron of the House of Wolves. Um, what, what do they say in the Marvel movie? Kick, kick names, take ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, effectively denying Skolas the King's support because you know with with this group he's had a tentative relationship with not aggressive but not they're not you know supportive either it's now been shown that he can't even defend a meeting between the two so they're they're clearly not going to ally themselves with him yeah cuz i mean the, you're not going to you're not going to go to a the kell of kells i put that in little little quotations there uh <laughs> if if he can't even if he can't even defend a meeting between a bunch of emissaries right like that's right as, as far as like a looking at this from like a leadership point of view like did you couldn't even you couldn't even defend it from one dude like how how are you supposed to be the provider for the entire elixney people there's no way like F off, like, <laughs> get, get, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so needless to say, Skolas's whole Kel of Kells thing, not looking so good at the moment. Yeah. he's He's gone to the three big houses that are left, has gotten one of them to join, and only because they were leaderless, and the other two, for one reason or another, are not under his control. 
So he's getting a little desperate at this point. Yeah. And so what he does is he returns to Venus and enters the vault of glass in an attempt. Bold move, Cotton. In an attempt to use the vault to pull members of the original House of Wolves from throughout time to bolster his army. I I remember this. I remember this very vividly. Like this that's that's a ballsy move to that's just a walk move. that I, yes. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it is more that than ballsy. <laughs> Cuz I mean you got to think this is the the vault of glass is the vex stronghold. Like you don't they can unmake you in there. They could trap you in there for eternity. They could make it to where you didn't exist. Like, that's a, that's a, I, desperate definitely seems the right call here to yeah. call that a desperate move to enter the vault of glass to then just take shit. Like, who does that? <laughs> I, the, I know who does. Guardians do that. Guardians do that. We, On a weekly basis. We make, we make our own fate. We do what we want. <laughs> but uh, it's worth noting, though, that he's successful at least to some degree because as our guardian arrives to try and you know thwart this this new plan uh skolas is starting to bring in members of the house of wolves from presumably other other times yep i i remember this is at the very top of that uh uh, of that vex structure and there's like all those gates there and like you're mm-hmm. jumping across different platforms and they're just he's literally like there's warp gates opening and there's just tons of of dregs vandals marauders, like everything is just pouring through these gates and in and what seems like a non-stop thing and skolos is there and and you're just constantly like you're fighting you're fighting fallen you're fighting a captain you're fighting skolos like you're constantly moving in there that's that was that was another really tough one on 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 i miss those old heroic missions those those were those were tough no but and this we didn't know it at the time or, or i don't think anyone really keyed into it that i remember at the time this is the first probably glimmer of the uh you know sacred splicers having the ability to access vex tech oh uh, shit now i i don't know that skolas is ever described as a sacred splicer but he's from house of wolves he's doing it though i mean he's yeah. he's accessing the vex network that holy shit I didn't even think of that. Well, and he's from House of Wolves, which is the same house that Mithrax originally was from. So perhaps was exposed to the same splicer training that Mithrax was. Uh, I think you know, so. During, during his time there. Makes sense why he would... Now, so I guess that does make a lot more sense then. If he... If he maybe it's not so desperate. Maybe, maybe it's calculated. I mean, calculated, yes. I think it's still quite a risk to evade <laughs> the vaults of glass. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you that one. I, I will give you that one. But, I mean, to invade it with splicer tech and, and splicer tech knowledge, like, 
that I don't know. I think that's that's a pretty. I I think that's a calculated risk. I, yeah. I definitely desperate, definitely ballsy, but more calculated risk than anything. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. I if if I if if memory serves me correctly, uh, he kind of failed. <laughs> yeah, it did not work out as well as he as he wanted it to. Um, VIP twenty fourteen, pretty hard to kill, even yeah. when you have a a slowly growing army of fallen and 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 having a spawning restriction zone like yeah 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 uh and needless to say we the guardian kick his teeth in and uh <laughs> we're getting really good at this <laughs> getting really good at this yeah and this isn't even the end of the first year of destiny one like this is this is like what six months into destiny like we're yeah. we're getting really good at kicking teeth in. <laughs> so we leave Skolas beaten and battered, but not dead. Right uh, under the request of Petra. Yeah. Uh, well, of the Queen via Petra, and uh, Petra then comes by with a galliot, and uh, you know, captures Skolas scoops uh, him right up and takes him back to the reef uh in the prison of elders Turn, and, turns out it really is just as easy as that they capture him once they capture him again yeah yeah who would have knew um <laughs> <laughs> and we can see kind of the the interactions uh that come from the uh recapture of Skolas in the D1 Grimoire card called Queen's Ransom. Uh, And that card goes like this. A bellow erupts from the barred grate at her feet. Bony fingers claw at the bars, their sharp points just inches from her toes. Prince Aldrin chuckles. At the edge of the room, the Techians circle their implants glowing faintly blue in the shadows. He's been amusing since Petra bring him, Varix injects, practically purring with glee. He say Kel of Kells over and over and other such nonsense. Skolas bellows again. Varric strikes Skolas's grasping fingers with his staff. The queen's expression remains mild. She looks down her nose at the glowing eyes burning in the shadows beneath the grate. Skolas falls abruptly silent, and then a low, soft growl, almost like a whine, escapes from the cell below. Varric's mechanical hand clicks as he snaps them together in surprise. Once he begins Aldrin, Varric interrupts with a burst of guttural clicks directed at the grate. The queen does not react. What did he say? He says, Varric hisses under his breath. He makes no sense, my queen. He speaks of light snuffer, dark binder. The queen aims her eyes at Skolas, 
her expression unchanged. I see. He will not say more. He does not need to. And she turns towards the door. My queen, what of this one? Says Aldrin. He awaits your sentence. You would not sentence a rabid dog, or a hive thrall, or a bomb. The queen's justice is wasted on one such as it. She pauses. Varix. Yes, your grace. Skolas is yours. Let the children of light have their play with him. Ah, you are might and justice, my queen, my Kel. The Techians gather as at the door as the queen approaches. Prince Aldrin holds it open with a small bow, and the queen touches his shoulder as she passes. Send a crow to Mercury, and another to our new friend in the tower. And that's the end of that lore card. What is Skolas talking about? What What is this? What is it? Light Light snuffer? Dark drinker? Light snuffer, dark binder. Dark binder? What is, what is he babbling about? Um, so my first thought, because this is the only place in, uh, at least as far as Ishtar is concerned, this is the only place that these terms come up. Um, my best guess is that, uh, during his time with the nine, Skolas is either aware that Oryx is coming, light snuffer, dark binder, could be Oryx, and would certainly line up with, you know, Taken King being the next major sure. event. Uh, or perhaps he's aware of the witness. You know, we, we don't know what he saw or experienced when he was with the Nine. So... Maybe. Por que no los dos? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both. I That's just... Like, on the surface, this just seems like a, a, the ramblings of a madman. Like, right. he's, he's, he's thought himself Kel of Kells. He's, he's tried to rally these houses. He's been thwarted left and right. He gets recaptured. I mean, it could have been... He could have seen some shit in the Vex, Vex network. Like... Who knows what he saw while he was screwing around in there? He could have had, he could have seen some shit with the nine. Who knows what he saw when he was with them? I mean, this is this is a Elixney who has been more places than any other Elixney before him. Like, I mean, he he he's been through some stuff, and then to see it as like like on on one end like obviously and i think i think of varix as less like insect noises intensify <laughs> as he's as he's like looking down at him in, in the cell just like like shut up you and he's to bring up these terms like maybe maybe he did see oryx coming because you're right like that would have been the next the next thing would have been the dark blow um cause, or no it was and I always need reminding of this. Did Dark Below come first or did House of Wolves come first? 
I'm fairly certain Dark Below was first. So Dark Below happens. Crota kill him. Uh, then Skolas comes to power with House of Wolves, uh, and so he could be he could be talking about prophesizing about you know the 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 coming of Oryx to the system uh, because Taken King was the next thing after that. Like it was D1 vanilla, Dark Dark Blow, House of Wolves, Taken King. Yeah, um, and Mara seems to indicate that she knows what he's talking about already. And That's true. we know that she had visions of Oryx coming to, to invade uh, and presumably of her own death even um, yeah. prior, you know, prior to this. Cause I'm pretty sure she shared some of those with, with sheer Ido. Um, so uh, that would lend a little more to it being related to Oryx in particular, but I, I think you could argue either and, and be valid. I, I I do have one other thought and, and I don't know why this crosses my mind, but, um, Aramis. Yeah. But, but I, I don't, I don't see her as, as like light snuffer, right? Like, right. And Aramis at this point in time would have either been, uh, either on a pirate crew or just a member of the House of Devils, because she she was the one that that, and I put this in quotations again, gifted Rackus and um, God, I keep forgetting the second one's name, uh, Civics. But the, the Civics, the two of them, to Mithrax's mom. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, she, she there was an interaction there, and then she just presumably just isn't mentioned i mean she just kind of like blips out of existence she's she's not mentioned again until obviously way later mm-hmm. but yeah like it, it i don't know maybe, maybe i think you're right i think i think the only two things that it does make sense to be would be oryx or the coming of oryx or the coming of the witness one of the two yeah that that would be that would be my yeah it 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 have to be one of those two yeah so uh the the house of wolves uprising has been quelled skolas is in custody within the prison of elders um to be left to the devices of the the children of light of the guardians as a plaything. i was gonna say we get we get to fight him once a week after that we do he he's essentially not he's a raid boss without the raid kind of in game it's he's a dungeon boss that 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 yeah, to me, yeah, the, yeah. the the prison of elders was the original dungeon of all of destiny like that and 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 the the players of d2 now think of oh prison of elders that's just a you know that's just a strike that we do the warden of nothing no the prison of elders was like this this three-man activity that you used to do in d1 uh, and, and it was like an escalating thing. Like, I want to say there was three or four different levels of it. And like, um, the first one you went into the different rooms, uh, like the, like the, the room that you come across where it's like Cabal and Vex in the Warden of Nothing strike. And there's like the three bombs you have to defuse and, and they're like dismantle mines. Yes. Like that's, that was the whole thing there. Like there was a bunch of different rooms in that area. Uh, and then that that pit that you drop back down once you finish so many waves, you drop down the pit and there was loot down there. 
um and that was the whole thing with like the that with the warden of nothing where it's like haha the trickster left you a joke <laughs> it's it's this like throwback to d1 of the challenge of elders and the and the prison of elders which was the in, again in my opinion the original dungeon you you went in as a three-man t- i i think skolos specifically you had to have a three-man team yeah it was not match made yeah, you couldn't queue up for the Skolos one, but like the lesser levels, you could queue into. Because I remember queuing into those um, on a weekly basis. But then, like the Skolos one itself, you had to get a group of three together, and then you went through the different levels and you fought Skolos, and it was a. It, 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 I I think of that as the original dungeon. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's pretty accurate. Um, so there's a few other things that happened though, at the tail end of, of, uh, the house of wolves expansion here. Um, the first being that the, uh, house of Wolves, the remaining members of the house of wolves, um, didn't necessarily just want to leave their Kel stuck in the prison of elders. Um, so what they did was, uh, they they took a page out of House of Winter's book, and maybe this is the members of Winter that defected to wolves. Um, they hired Tanix. God uh, dang it! <laughs> Fucking t- okay. Nope. This is it. Then this is the Elixir answer for everything. Fucking Tanix. Yep. So we now have an answer for three of the races. We just have to figure out what the answer for is. Callus is Callus the answer for the Cabal? Is that? Maybe. Or, 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 is, or is there a better answer? I don't I don't know of an answer for the cabal other than just, you know, fight through it, you know, <laughs> headbutt your way through it. Drink the but seas. We ne- something. We, we drink the <laughs> seas. We eat the mountains. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. So they uh, they use the universal elixir problem solver here, the, the remainders of the wolves, and they hire Tanix uh, specifically in this case, to steal artifacts from the Hellmouth uh, to attempt to bring the House of Wolves uh, some source of power that will allow them to uh, break Skolas out, is, is the, the thought. Seems like they wised up since the last time, because last time they told him to do something, he just brought him the pod and was like, <laughs> deal with it, sucks to suck. They're like, okay, smartass, we got you this time go find us other things that are going to give us power to get them out. And then we'll go get them out ourselves. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately for them and for him, uh, Tanix is tracked by the Vanguard in his attempt to uh, steal these artifacts and is uh, tracked and followed to his catch by uh, a strike team of guardians who then uh, teleport via his teleport pad into his catch, uh, trounce all the way through it, chasing him the entire time until eventually reaching uh, the you know the bridge, I guess, or or uh, maybe it's just kind of an ancillary Captain's chamber. Chair. But regardless, we we reach the space we do battle with and kill quotation marks. Tannis. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. yes, quotation marks. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, and with, with the death of Tanix, House of Wolves has, you know, no means to try and break Skolas out of the prison. And Skolas is eventually, uh, 
challenged by and killed uh by the the guardians that that put him there canonically like canonically. Uh, obviously yeah. because video game you kept doing it week after week after week and got right, and stuff yeah. but canonically we kill Skolas as as our as like our little like our play thing for the for the light bearers and um this has a interesting effect on Varix the the death of Skolas does uh not that Varix had any love for Skolas he you know he betrayed him he he saw him as yeah. this vicious terrible thing but the events leading up to uh, to his death and, and just to see what has happened to the houses. Um, you know, this has given Varix a, a, a point of pause and we can kind of see what's going through his head with, uh, our final reading for the night, which is the D one grimoire card called Skolas defeated. And that one goes like this. Skolas is dead. Varric sits, carving at his piece of amethyst. His undocked arms are weaker, less precise, but it is a comfort to feel the crystal press hard into his palm. The knife slips, he cuts himself. Ah, he says, and of course right then the door opens. Varric has no privacy. Varric wants no privacy. Varric lives to serve the queen. It's Petra Venge. She's masked against the ether air. The prince wants to speak, she says, and then seeing him unmasked and bleeding, she chuckles. Petra depends on Varix for intelligence, and Varix, frustrated with her insane risk-taking and bravado, sometimes gives her tips meant to get her killed. Petra has figured this out. Petra and Varix know each other's agendas and each other's strengths, and to Varix, that's as close as any two people can get. Petra is smart. She sends guardians now, people who can die as much as they like. You slipped, she said. Varix holds up the amethyst in his bleeding hands. It's a reef gem. I wound myself, he says to make this more beautiful. She stares into the gem with a distant, awoken eye. What does she see? Varix knows she has visions, and he knows those visions haunt her, drive her. The awoken are twinned to powers that terrify Varix. He'd dock himself again before he'd let the queen's witches near him, the witches that raised Petra. The unfairness of it makes him want to roar. Why does everyone else have this patronage? Why do the Hive have gods and the Vex have sprawling, time-bent minds and the Cabal have endless reinforcements? Why do the Awoken whisper to the stars and listen for the whisper back? The voices from the Jovians, the song in the dark? Why do the Guardians get the Great Machine's blessing? Was it like that before the whirlwind? Were, where were their fallen heroes crowned in ghosts who strode in the battlefield, fearless and full of light? 
Why do they tell stories about reclaiming the lost glory of humanity, and no stories about the lost glory of Varix's people, the house of judgment that once kept codes of dignity and law? Why can't the fallen have that strength? But no, that strength is not for them, not for Varix. Just this bleeding, sad pragmatism. Just dregs strength, barely hanging on. The alternate is Skolas's strength. Fighting together, raging against extinction. But look where that's gotten the species. The House of Devil's Prime is dead. The House of Winter's leadership devastated. The poor exiles trying to claw out some security against the hive. In the last few years, the fallen have lost so much, and everything is escalating around them. There are gods and powers converging on this system, old machines waking up, old bones whispering flatteries. They need a new way. Put your mask on, Petra says. The prince gets sullen if he's kept waiting. Not like us. Varric says, oh, so mild. The wound on his hand will heal. His work in the prison of elders, setting up the trial by combat, building an audience and relationship with the reef scavengers and armories, will bring him a little closer towards rebuilding the House of Judgment. Skolas's fury has guttered out. The fallen may yet accept peaceful, lawful rule. They may yet survive. They'll hang on. We're very patient, yes? Petra looks down on him with pity and contempt and a strange fondness. And Varric dons his mask. And that's the end of that lore card. The fallen will survive. They always do. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of... Like, I mean, he says it there, like, the Hive have their gods, the, the, the Cabal, endless reinforcements, the Vex, the timelines, the, the, the humanity, they have the great machine, they have the light, they have guardians, like, they've reclaimed their humanity, they've reclaimed Golden Age, to, like, where, where's our win? Where, where, where's the win for the Elixni people? Like, are we just doomed to, to, to fail forever? Like that's just, man. That's a kind of a kind of a sombering moment there, right? Like, mm -hmm. so sobering, sombering. I don't know. Both. Yeah, the, it's the, just a the bit that yeah. that stuck out for me most was his his thought that you know the the humans have this desire this. Uh, this want to return to the, the glory of their great golden age. Yeah. And none of the Elixni, none or, or the humans or any of them ever talk about wanting to return to what the, the Elixni have lost. None of them. Oh my they, they tell stories about Reese, but they never, they never talk about returning to it. It's all right. about, how do I claim power for myself? How do I become the Kell of Kells? How do I... Man. Man, for a lone 
house for for a lone house judgment guy that's got to be like that's got to be hell yeah like nobody even cares no none of the elixir people even care to return to the golden age they just they just want their great machine they just want their whatever like and 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 like all the fighting throughout all these t- all this time in the soul system, not once have they like tried to like go get the great machine or anything. Like they fought humanity because humanity's underneath it. But it it I don't know, man. It just they all just talk about just greatness for the sake of greatness. They don't even talk about returning to a, a time of greatness. Man, that's a jeez. Saying with the somber notes in mind. There's a dark shadow on the horizon that we will talk about next episode. Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. Okay. All right. Um man, that uh, man, I need a beer after that. Holy cow, that was a <laughs> that was a rough one to end on. Um All right. Well, uh we got shout outs. Uh, there, there, there. I, I do have one in mind uh, that that I wanted to mention before I forget it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody had had, had tweeted us um, about the idea of like um, lawful growth disorder return to law. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Referring to the elixir people, and I and I, I'm kind of seeing that now, right? Like law. I, I I can't remember who who tweeted it to us, uh, so I apologize that I that I I'm I'm bad with names. That's just all there is to it. Um, uh, no, I can I can look it up here because um, I I remember seeing that one. Uh, you look it up, and I'm and I'm going to go into the idea of this. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's that idea of like there was lawfulness, Reese, and and the peacefulness of reese and and the golden age and all that stuff then or or, sorry the peacefulness of reese then growth the machine the great machine shows up and there's this golden age there's this tons of growth and tons of of expansion and everything like that then disorder uh the whirlwind which is and and the whirlwind and the long drift and the time afterward like i think as far as storytelling right now in in the history of the elixir we are still in that grief period or or we're still in that like disorder period or destruction period that's like there there's not really any type of lawfulness or 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 happiness going on and so i i i know eventually <laughs> uh looking at at d2 right now the the current state of the elixir um, it, we're, they're kind of back in this lawful state, but we're definitely still in that like that bad time, you know. <laughs> yeah, things are are not going well for them. Um, but that tweet came to us from uh, Darren over okay. on our our Twitter. Uh, the that full tweet was law being order uh, was the first step. Second step was growth, learning and building, and the third was destruction, corruption and war which then leads back into law and restarts the cycle. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's, that's fairly accurate to what, what yeah. we've been seeing with the Elixir. I, I would say it seems like that step three <laughs> corruption and war <laughs> is taking a lot longer than the others for them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like the most, the most, uh, 
the most part that's written about like nobody writes about the good times they only right. write about the bad times <laughs> and so that's all we really have so yeah 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 we're definitely in that destruction that's that step three here for a while yeah um but no that was that was a good one and fits very well into into this episode yeah uh i say another shout out we had coming to us from twitter uh is from a brian blair uh who says making the slow thursday go by a little faster love your show and can't get enough learn so much and love myths voice acting during the lore book readings doesn't, uh, thank doesn't you. Doesn't he do a great job? I I love it when he goes into character. Like I can I can I I I love myth when he goes into those different <laughs> characters. It's very fun. It's very fun to listen to. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoy it because I still think it's awful and <laughs> will actively like skip over those parts when I'm editing unless I know there's something I messed up. So I, t- I, I tell you what, like if, if you, if you get down a really good barracks, like you get the insect, insect noises intensifies <laughs> really good. Then, you know, you've hit next level. Yeah. No, yeah. uh, I say a more general shout out that I wanted to do uh, since we didn't have any other personalized ones this week, which is, is fine. Um, but a generalized one uh, on Spotify, we, as of today, uh, the time of recording just hit a hundred Spotify reviews um, with our, our overall rating being a 4.9 out of five, which is Get the fuck insane. Out of so thank you. That's awesome. That's a hundred reviews at a four point nine. I couldn't. I shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have words for that. <laughs> I know. So, thank you very much for thinking that highly of us. And absolutely, uh, say we we hope to keep living up to that expectation. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh. Well, I guess I'll throw a thanks out. I I don't really know who to... Th- Do I thank Skolas? Is that the play here? No, he's... <laughs> we, we, we likened him to Hitler earlier. That's probably a bad idea to thank him. Uh, maybe thanks to Petra? For recapturing, I don't I don't even know who to thank. You know what? <laughs> Screw it. We'll thank Varix. There you he's go. He's just... He's just out there doing the elixir thing, hoping for a better time for his people, and just waiting until the day comes. So you know what? Thanks, Varix, for being true to your people and keeping a stiff upper lip and thinking forward to the future, hopefully. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's my thanks to Varix. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, myth. You want you want to throw out our our usuals? Yeah. So um, I say for uh, anyone that is our our current listeners, uh, you know, if you enjoyed what you've heard tonight, please go ahead and you know leave us a rating on your platform of choice. Uh, rate us what you think we're worth. We, we always appreciate that uh, as well as, you know, spreading the word to others that, that might enjoy, uh, enjoy our content. Um, if you leave a review that has text on it, you may hear yourself in a shout out here. Or if you happen to reach out to us via our Twitter, which is just at myths and stories spelt the same as the title of the show, 
Uh, we review those as we can, and uh, and we like to talk about those here too. Be it just a, a kind word or a question or or a theory or whatnot, we uh, we like to discuss those here. Um, or or even a clarification. We had somebody yes. remind us that mm-hmm. uh, that scurvy is not the final boss. <laughs> that it's actually II is the final boss of Catch Crash, and scurvy is the guys you summon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Uh, we, we appreciate those, uh, those kindly worded, um, you know, Hey, think you might've missed this kind of scenarios because yeah. <laughs> we're human. Um, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. we, we appreciate all that. Um, at the time of release for this episode, it will be the day after. So I will also wish everyone, you know, a, a happy Halloween or as Ido says, a happy halls between the halls between <laughs> i i love ido she's 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 so she's so innocent <laughs> she's wonderful yeah but, all yeah. right uh well anything else miss that's it all righty well then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next time